Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Brannigan Communications Podcast. On today's show, Grace Gregg, Assistant Account Executive, sits down with Emma Wallow, a Senior Account Executive, and the man himself, Tom Brannigan, CEO of Brannigan Communications. How many times can somebody say Brannigan in one sentence? On today's show, we discuss overcoming self-limiting fears in the workplace and how a lot of these things that can hold us back in our professional development are really in our own heads and not at all the way other people see us. Also discussed were Enneagram personality tests, a big topic of conversation in the Brannigan Communications office, and then just a discussion of culture and how important culture is to any workplace and especially here at Brannigan where it's something we try to cultivate and develop and improve upon all the time. So I'm going to throw it over to Grace. Enjoy the show. I am Grace Gregg, and I'm your host this week. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Tom Brannigan and Emma Wallow on their recent presentation, which was on wellness, specifically the thought process behind fear and how to face it. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah. So I do have some questions for you too, um, but before we get started, I just wanted to clarify, I would love for this to be an open conversation, so feel free to share as much or as little as you would like. Sounds good. So my first question is, can you start off by explaining how you thought of this presentation topic? Sure. So I think just for, I can't remember, for our listeners to have a little bit more background, each Every other week, we are paired up with a member of the Brannigan team, and we present on various topics that resonate with us and what we think will resonate with the team, both professionally and personally. And so when Tom and I were paired together, something that was just really on my mind that I wanted to talk about was the idea of you know fear and anxiety and how that can inhibit us both in life and, and work. And something that at Brannigan, we've spent you know the last year kind of focusing on a little bit is the idea of personality tests going from, you know, Myers-Briggs to the Enneagram test. And we took that as a team last summer. And when we got our results back, we found out that quite a few members of our team um, were categorized as a six, which is a loyalist, myself included. And one of the first things that is discussed in the report that you receive after you take this test as a six is the idea that this personality type is just a little bit more prone to anxiety, self-doubt, and worry. And just seeing that laid out in this report that really provided a lot of, of detail into how that can affect you as a person really got me thinking about, you know, how that mentality impacts you in, in your success and, and ways that you can combat that um, and really work through that in your day-to-day -day life. So that's kind of how we we started to put the thought behind this presentation. Mm-hmm. We thought about when we start the session with the team, it's a little awkward to lead with, let's talk about fear, because we didn't want to put people off. Mm -hmm. So we came up with this device, and we led our session, or we led the meeting with, raise your hand if you've ever told a lie, and invariably everybody raised their hand. And then we segued into some of the most dangerous lies that we tell, our lies we tell ourselves. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough experience in that. We, we, we self-limit, we limit ourselves by these lies we tell us, and we impact the extent to which that we can be successful. And then the whole room, I think, kind of perked up. Would mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So in, I think it made people more open to talking about this. And what mm -hmm. struck me 
emotionally as we went through the presentation uh, that Emma delivered just beautifully is everybody opened up mm-hmm. and talked about fears and uh, some of the, some of our content centered on coping mechanisms and how to get over, you know, when we, when we do this, when we put these limits on ourselves, how do we, how do we cope and what are some strategies we can use? And I was really struck by how open our team became. And in sharing all of that, I thought it brought us closer together because we have a lot, Mm -hmm. a lot of the same as shared issues. Mm -hmm. So from that conversation that I thought that was super cool. It was very powerful. How do you think that that's like? A, how do you think that encompasses the culture that you've built here at Brannigan? Well, I like to think that we have a culture, and I, and I've you've you've heard me say this before. I don't think there's any illusion that we're all best friends and we all hang out on the weekend and all that. But there is a sense that we genuinely care about each other and consider it a blessing to be able to work together. And there is a sense that people have your back here mm-hmm. and that people really care past. What have you churned out today? What have you written today? Or what, what idea did you come up with today? Life has to be more than that. So I think you two are ultimate arbiters of that as people who work here. But I like to think that we foster that kind of sense of, hey, we're all in this together. And, you know, let's let's be practical and do good work and do great work and all that. But at the same time, we're all people and we're, you know, we're all, we all suffer from the human condition and have insecurities and mm-hmm. things that we get excited about. And, you know, sharing our feelings with each other is a really important part of it. I hope that we fostered that here. As someone who's been at the company for almost three years now, I definitely... I've, I've grown with the company and I've seen right, you can be very open, you can be very honest. And that's something that I really appreciate here because I think that that ability helps us all do a better job. We're able to you know communicate how we're feeling, where we're at, and then move from there, whether it's positive or negative, and just kind of work as a team to get toward the shared goals of the company. And that, that, that really means a lot to hear. I think it's easy. Every company or most companies say, just be yourself. But you have to create an environment where people feel like they can't be themselves. Mm-hmm. And if Emma comes to work one, one day and she's having a bad day, she's entitled to have a bad day. And nobody's keeping score. Mm-hmm. Or if I come to work and I'm stressed out, you know, this isn't, this isn't about keeping score. It's about, you know, come to work and do the best job you can and be there mm-hmm. for each other. Mm-hmm. I also feel like part of the reason why there is fear in the workplace is because a lot of these things aren't talked about, right? Mm-hmm. And so the fact that just the, by having that open conversation, that at least helped me so much with things that are in my head. So that was really Great cool. Point. Great when point. When I think we all forget, and that was something that really was kind of the driving force behind me wanting to present on this and really expand on this topic, is I think we forget that everybody experiences these types of feelings, fear, worry, anxiety, to varying degrees, and just talking about it and acknowledging how you deal with it, I think is a very important part of recognizing that you're not alone and that there are, you know, everybody is dealing with these different things and can share their knowledge and what they've learned about how to get through different experiences. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Um, A big part of your presentation and my biggest takeaway was your ideas on the common thinking errors that we make as humans. Mm -hmm. How did you guys, how did you guys, find out about these, come up with these, and are there any that resonated with you? Mm-hmm. So I, I can speak a little bit to that. So just for background for our listeners, I, I chose from a list of about 10 common thinking errors to 
present on four that I think resonate with a lot of us in the workplace, those being um, underestimation, where we underestimate our capabilities to handle situations we're put in, the idea of black and white thinking, where you're always on one side of the spectrum, things are either going to be wonderful or if something goes wrong, it's absolutely you're not going to recover. Um, the idea of catastrophizing, which is also along that same vein, um, just having a mistake happen and then not not knowing that you're going to bounce back and really blowing it kind of out of proportion in your mind. Um, and then the idea of unfair to compare, where you're looking at somebody else, where they're at in their career trajectory or their life and, you know, looking at them and, and feeling inadequate, but not taking into account the idea of all the things that it took for them to get there and all the factors that play a role in where each of us are at in our lives. And I actually, so the idea of, of these thinking errors, I think what's interesting is that we're all aware of those, those thinking errors on some level, whether it's, you know, you just, you know that you have a tendency to think a certain way, but I actually became kind of familiar and confronted with these ideas uh, from going to therapy. And my therapist worked through, presented the ideas of just how we, we tend to lean towards a negative perspective on things in our lives. Um, and, and we started to talk about, you know, how that mentality impacts us through those different types of thinking errors and, and then got to the point where we could address, you know, and here's how you can change the way that you think and restructure and, and start to work through some of those patterns that you've, you've really ingrained into your life. Two of those really resonated with me. One is the blowing things out of proportion, which is something I struggle with in my career. Um, and, and still do sometimes. And maybe for our listeners, maybe if you've been in a situation where something goes sideways at work, your boss gets upset with you, or a client doesn't like a deliverable, or there's something that goes wrong. And for some reason, you intuitively go to the worst case scenario. They think I'm dumb, they're going to fire me, but in, instead of, well, I can fix this and I can build on it. So why do we do that? Why does the mind go there? And in my career, I've, I've done that. And how often does the world explode? Never. The answer is never, and it's 99.9% of the time not nearly as bad as you build it up in your head. So being able to get ahead of that in the moment so you don't waste your life and you don't waste your time worrying about that is, I think, a real, has been a challenge for me and something that I think I've gotten better at as I've, you know, matured and, you know, I'm 29 now, so I'm not trying to, <laughs> no, but, but, but so that's something uh, that getting my arms around that has been a real growth you know, opportunity for me. Mm -hmm. Going back to one thing that you said about, you know, the idea of how often does the world explode? I, I started watching some TED Talks in preparation of this presentation, and one of them was on very specifically fear and the idea of, and and this, this man's journey of how he confronted fear in his own life, and he started looking into stoicism and all these different practices, and he came across this, this quote that really helped him kind of reset his thinking. And it's the idea of, you know, we suffer more in imagination than we do in reality. Because the idea wow. of you are, you know, you're building these scenarios in your mind when you've, you've made a mistake and you're playing out all the ways that it could continue to go wrong or spiral out of control. And most of the time that doesn't happen, but right. you put yourself through this emotional stress in your mind. And that's something that's really helped me in my personal and professional life is just taking a step back and really evaluating it with that mindset, you know, okay, I made a spelling mistake in something, you know, if, if I'm confronted with it, we'll, we'll go from there. I can fix this in a number of ways. And, and it's, I think that's a really helpful mentality to keep in mind, just knowing that, you know, if it hasn't happened yet, if this bad thing hasn't happened, like 
chances are it might not. It's not going to. And if yeah. it does, I'm a capable person who can who has the ability to correct the situation with all the skills that I've learned. So I can really resonate with that. Especially, so when I first started, I was so stressed out that everyone here thought I like hated me and thought I was doing terrible. And it was, I don't know why. I I, don't know. And there was no reason for that. It was just in my head. And it wasn't until I remember you like said like great work or good job on something that I had like handed you. And it wasn't, which was so minuscule, but it changed my whole perception. I was like, oh, I did a good job. I'm doing a good job, you know, at least with like, this and I just hadn't gotten any any pod, you know any positive mm-hmm. I just started I didn't know what I was thinking <laughs> I'm sorry you felt but, that way oh and it's nothing that's on me like it's just in my you know being it's in my those head perceptions that you have about other people and how you're perceived by them and you can very much you know make that reality in your head and yes I and that. I can relate to the catastrophe of it being everything you know the end of the world right mm-hmm. and so in my head I had pinned it that I'm not doing a good job in the end of the world well, so. and, and, and part of what you're talking about is virtuous because so we have awesome clients and they're mm-hmm. smart and they're fun and they're and they work for companies that are doing a lot of good in the world but they're drivers they want stuff done which mm-hmm. is why they need help sometimes so the, the, the virtue of this is I want to do a good job. I want the clients to like our work and we want to, you know, deliver. But you can't let that drive you to a lot of fear mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. And even going off of that, something that, that struck me near the end of our presentation was that I hadn't even realized was contributing to wanting to, to speak about this topic, but was my, my realization that starting out, this, this was my first full-time job. I had internships before this, but just knowing that, you know, when you're a young junior staff member, everything feels like the stakes feel so high. And what I love about our company and the people who work here is that we are all so passionate about wanting to to do a good job for ourselves, for our company, for each other, for our clients. And I just think that there's, you know, that line where it's like, yes, we want to do a good job, but like, don't let that get you in a mindset that like, of where you're afraid to make mistakes or where you're afraid to be yourself. Like there's a balance between the two. And like, I think it's just important to find that for yourself. Cause for me, it took some time where, you know, I would, I wanted to so, so passionately do such a great job here. And I let that get to a point where I was just terrified of making a mistake. And I think that inhibited me in a lot of situations. And it's been important for me personally to recognize that and kind of balance the good and the bad that plays into that that mentality and sometimes the way I see that manifesting itself on a works um, scenario is what I call decision paralysis mm-hmm. I'm so afraid of making the wrong call that I won't that make I won't a call yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. and at you know at some point you have to make a decision you know whether it's in your personal life or in your work life and say you know what base and all we can do is make the, the best decision we have based on the information in front of us mm-hmm. right so we don't always have all the information you know, mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to make a decision and know that that you have a good heart, mm-hmm. that you're trying to do the right thing, and that you're surrounded by people who will understand if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And clients who will understand if you, you know, make the argument, here's why I made the decision, they'll be like, oh, okay, I understand why you made that decision. And mm-hmm. you know, nine times out of ten, or 9.9 times out of ten, it's going to be the exact right decision. But make it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of this whole presentation ended up with, could you kind of explain how, what you guys had us do after, um, as the takeaway? Oh, sure. So 
this uh, full credit to Tom for this. I thought this was really cool that he came up with this idea. So at the end of our presentation, which we walked through during the presentation, the thinking errors, some ways that you can kind of restructure your thinking and, and start to be more positive overall. But what we ended with was, you know, the idea of, and I'll let Tom jump into, you know, if we could just see ourselves the way that other people see us, the way our coworkers see us, our family, our friends, a lot of the anxiety and the worry that we have would go away. And so I can let Tom explain the exercise that he had us all complete after this. Well, so just riffing off of that. So Grace, you see yourself a certain way. And there are things about yourself that you love and you have insecurities and whatever. Same with Emma and same with me. But if you saw you the way we saw you, you would run for president. Like there would be nothing that would, or if Emma, if you saw yourself the way I saw you and other people saw you, nothing would ever stand in your way. And so what we decided to do was we put everybody's name on a piece of paper and four or five blank lines and we handed it out. And we asked everybody to write the nicest thing you can say about everybody on this team. And not, they're funny or they're great, but really think about like, what is it, it what is it about that person that enriches your life? And everybody, and I asked everybody to handwrite it because I think that there's something about putting pen to paper that I don't know manifests itself more than typing. Mm -hmm. So it's more personal, more mm -hmm. more personal, and maybe more emotional. of an emotional investment. Yeah, yeah thank mm -hmm. you. And so everybody did that, and we made a deadline. Most people made the deadline um, <laughs> <I did> not. <laughs> to, to hand them all in, and we're going to type them up. So everybody's going to get a little booklet of what everybody said about you. Um, I'm not, we're not going to give everybody, everybody stuff, but mm -hmm. Emma's going to get what did everybody said. Yeah. yeah. She's going to yeah. get the Emma book <laughs> about what are all the great things. And I hope that people read, of, of course, read through them, but read through them with an open heart. Not like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, boy, this person, whoever wrote this really feels that I, you know, make their job easier or, you know, whatever it is. I don't want to give away what anybody's written because <laughs> I'm the one typing these up, but and, and take it to heart. And I hope that they never throw it away. I hope that they keep it forever. And hopefully everybody stays here. But if you go on and, you know, wherever you, if people relocate, wherever you take that, you always have that as a reminder of how other people see you. And you haven't seen what people have written, but it's extraordinary. I'm so excited. It is extraordinary. <laughs> because, again, it's seeing yourself through the lens of others. And it was emotional, I think, in a good way to write them for everybody. Because I think for me especially, it really just compounded how deeply I appreciate all the people who work in this office and how we've really built a wonderful team and it's it's been a blessing to be a part of and to continue to be a part of of the work going on here so I agree I'm super excited to get those yes <laughs> <laughs> um is there anything else you wanted to add on um culture, going back to that, or your presentation or anything? I would just say that there's a lot of resources out there. Even as we were putting together this presentation, it was interesting to come across different schools of thought and different, you know, actual practices, whether it's writing out, you know, the, the concept of one of the TED Talks I watched was fear setting. So writing out your fears, what you would do if it happened, things like that, actual tangible practices. And I think I would just, you know, if this is something that anybody is struggling with in their life, I would just say, you know, to pursue that knowledge and that information, because it's not, none of this is about, you know, fixing yourself or the idea of, you know, you're never going to eradicate everything in your life that you're afraid of, but it's about building your own 
skill set to cope with it in a in a more positive and a constructive way that really improves and enriches your own life. And I'm I'm grateful for the resources that are available out there and would just encourage, you know, the knowledge and the and the the searching for those. I'm not gonna follow that. That was a perfect, perfect wrap up. I maybe the only other thing I'd say is for me yeah, what if I'm stressed out or if I feel myself being afraid, I think about well, what do I have? Mm-hmm. Like, what are things in my life that I have? Yeah. What am I grateful for? And, and this isn't anything new, but but training yourself to default to that instead of the doomsday mm-hmm. stuff yeah. is is a real trick and something that I think everybody should consider. Definitely, I agree. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thank you. This thank was you. A really great conversation. Awesome.